0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, GHD2 Northport, and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Townsquare Media station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: It is 11 a.m.
2: on a Friday morning. It is time once again for Southern Pride Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide, 100.9 FM, Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, or the 247sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We are a little more than a week away from Easter Sunday. Walk inside Peterbrook Chocolatier and you'll feel like you're walking inside your favorite Easter basket of all time. They got you covered. Whether you like the peeps, we've debated the peeps, the chocolate covered peeps here on the program in the past. They've got the traditional chocolate bunnies. They've got peanut butter filled eggs, chocolate eggs. We know we all love those. They got it for you. Easter related. You're going to find it right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together we combine to form the 60-bit-a-boo of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, how you doing on this Friday morning?
1: Still trying to wake up a little bit. Not gonna lie. I mean, I haven't been been hard at work like uh, a few other people around here. But uh, you know, just reeling over trying to make sure you stay safe for an entire day is kind of, kind of, kind of a toll on you.
2: An exhausting Thursday, no doubt. A tragic Sunday, no doubt. Here in the state of Alabama and elsewhere, uh, we hate it. We don't enjoy it at all. Uh, but I would like to thank the meteorologists out there who do such a diligent and thorough and complete job of trying to keep everyone out there safe and the technology is amazing you watch the broadcast uh pick your favorite weather person i don't care but they all do an outstanding job they're all to be commended and once again yesterday unfortunately we had to have that point proven to us one more time 205-342-9904 is the peterbrook chocolatier studio line if you'd like to jump on board On a Friday, you are more than welcome to do so. We are going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. We'll get into some Alabama basketball talk with Charlie. The Crimson Tide, of course, set to take on UCLA Sunday evening. Seems like, to me anyway, it feels like, I don't know about you, Jacob, it feels like the time between Maryland and UCLA is like three months trying to go from the 32 to the 16. And just imagine what it feels for the guys up there in Indianapolis. You know, you're pretty much sequestered. You're pretty much just there. I know they've been able to get out a little bit more. But if it seems like it's been a month already since the Maryland game for media and fans, imagine what it feels like for the folks up there uh, in Indianapolis. But uh, we will talk Alabama-UCLA with Charlie. We'll talk some spring football at the University of Alabama with Charlie Potter as the Crimson Tide looks to wrap up its first full week of spring drills here in the next couple of days. Move into week two. Before you know it, we'll be talking scrimmages, spring scrimmages at UA. And it's been interesting kind of checking in on different programs around college football and specifically the SEC and, you know, some places like Alabama. And this isn't a knock, okay? So if you're over there off Bryant Drive, just relax. It's not a knock. It's just an observation that you still have some schools, some programs that are taking the approach of no media uh, access at practice or anything like that. Understandable. I get it. It's fine. And then you have some other places. Auburn. I saw Arkansas had an open scrimmage last weekend, I think, out there in Fayetteville. So just a different approach. But the good news is there are obviously signs that you would think anyway when we get to fall camp in august some of the access that fans and media have grown accustomed to uh, is going to be more prevalent around college football that's all we'll say 2053429904 is the peterbrook chocolate studio i yes we will talk with charlie potter coming up in a little bit we'll talk with pops later in the program you know and yesterday jacob we got into the m&ms the topic of one m&m type of M&M for the rest of your life. Jacob Harrison went with the pretzel. He kind of went with the uh, the underdog, I would say, of M&M's. I think a lot of people must like them, though, because as I said yesterday, I see the pretzel M&M's in more stores than I see my personal favorite, the almond. Again, kind of the unicorn of M&M's. You don't see the almond in all that many places. But you know what? I, uh, I checked out the freezer last night, and the chocolate lady – has stuffed the freezer. The top shelf of the freezer is nothing but green boxes. And you know what that means, Jacob?
1: Sounds that like a, one thing. sounds like a good
2: time. <laughs> it means thin mints. Yeah. Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Girl Scout uh, cookie season. I didn't really know that Girl Scout cookie season really stopped anymore. I thought you could pretty much get them year round, but, uh, She bought up about seven boxes, like they were the last boxes on Earth of Thin Mints. Now, similar to M and M's, well, not really similar to M and M's because I've got I'm good with I can do the peanut butter M and M's. The peanut M and M's have been a longtime favorite. I Love the almond. I'll do plain. I like to mix the M and M's too. You ever mix maybe the plain with the peanut? Yeah, do some of that. I bet. I bet Jacob Harrison's pretzel M and M's with, say, the peanut, or even just the plain would be really good because you'd get some of that salt, right, from the pretzel to go with the sweet. Yeah, I think that might be a pretty good combo, pretty good mix. But when it comes to Girl Scout cookies, I'm not very versatile. I'm not very diverse with the Girl Scout cookies. They, they could just make Thin Mints, and that's it. You know, I don't even really know the other flavors. I don't know what are their labradoodles. Uh, what are they called? I don't. You know, I sound like Nick Saban trying to talk about uh, smartphone apps right now. Uh, but th- that—that's it. It's thin mints. That's—that's that's what I eat when it comes to the Girl Scout cookies. Jacob Harrison, do you have a favorite uh, of those? Uh, kind of a go-to when it comes to the Girl Scout cookies.
1: I can do thin mints. Uh, I, I don't know the names of of any of them. Uh, yeah. but, but the peanut butter ones are are usually the go-to. Yeah,
2: I think the chocolate lady likes those too.
1: Apparently, I've been but, informed those are called tagalongs.
2: Okay, I was calling them labradoodles, which is actually a hybrid breed of dog. I think now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know that those are those are okay, but if if I'm gonna have one, it's gonna be the thin mints forever, and we'll ask pops. I've never asked pops that. Not sure if he even has a favorite Girl Scout cookie, but we'll ask him about that, among many other things when we have Pop on later in the program. uh, We've been threatening to get into some more NFL mock draft talk, and that excites Jacob Harrison. He likes to hear that. That lights him up. And John Ledyard, we've been threatening to talk about John's 2.0 mock here for a couple days. We got into our association yesterday of Alabama players with each and every NFL team and we got a little rushed down the stretch because, well, I'm not really a professional radio host. Haven't you figured that out by now? So the timing of it, we got a little condensed there in the final segment yesterday. And, you know, Jacob, in retrospect, we were talking about a couple of teams that were a little difficult to come up with that definitive guy from Alabama with. I still like Howard Cross with the New York Giants. I mean, he was a longtime New York Giant. Uh, but Tampa Bay was one of those we struggled with. Well, Ray Perkins was the head coach for both of them. I mean, we could have played the Ray card with either of those, I think, quite easily. Either the New York Giants or the Tampa Bay Bucks didn't do it. Kind of an oversight there. You know what would have been interesting, too, Jacob, to go deeper into the Tennessee Titans, back to the Houston Oiler days. And I, I don't, Were the Oilers something before Houston, maybe, even? But just to go back to Houston with the Titans, and who would be uh, kind of the Alabama guy for the Oilers. You know, I'd have to think about that one. You know, we obviously had Derrick Henry as Mr. Alabama for the Tennessee Titans. The Oilers had uh, Derrick Henry like running back there in Houston, of course, and Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose, but he went to the University of Texas, so we can't kind of drag him into that mix. Two zero five three four two. 9904. Hey, uh, you got a uh, ball on the Diamonds this weekend. We talked about it yesterday. Once this rough weather got through, you thought today would be absolutely perfect for a twin bill. And so you're going to have that this afternoon over at the Joe Alabama and Ole Miss. Doesn't get any easier in the Southeastern Conference. Number four Rebels roll into town. I guess they've been here since Wednesday. So they've been kind of locked up. they got to be ready to play some baseball. They'll be fine with a doubleheader today. So you've got Alabama-Ole Miss, two today, starting at 2 o'clock. And then you'll have the single game tomorrow. Alabama softball up at the University of Kentucky. That series gets underway tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Always interesting to see how Murph is going to lay out the pitching. Perhaps it'll be Montana Fouts on Saturday and Monday with Lexi Kilfoyle there for the Sunday game. And, of course, both of those outstanding pitchers are capable of closing games as well. So some different combinations that could be in play. Lineup is what you're concerned with the most right now, as we've talked about throughout the week with Bailey Dowling now, the talented freshman infielder with the knee injury for the remainder of the season. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Uh, I guess Jacob, the Bucks are just going to bring everybody back. It's Leonard cheating, Furnette, It's cheating, and it's Tom, Tom cheating. Tom Brady, it's what he does, you know. Um, the Bucks are bringing back Lenny, Leonard Fournette, the former LSU star, washout of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who doesn't wash out with my Jags, by the way? But Leonard Fournette reportedly, Shefty and others this morning reporting, Leonard Fournette, a one-year deal worth up to $4 million for the 2021 season. I think it's smart by Leonard Fournette because I'm going to guess he probably could have got a little bit of money somewhere else. I don't know exactly what the market was for Leonard Fournette. We know in this day and age that running back value ain't a lot. But, assuming there were better offers for him out there in terms of money, in re-signing with the Bucks, I think it gives Leonard Fournette an opportunity, big picture-wise, to make more money. I still think Leonard Fournette needs to be with a guy like Tom Brady. Now, maybe after another year, and the professionalism of some of the guys on that team, not just Tom Brady, and you got guys across the board that's how you win a Super Bowl. You don't do it with just one guy leading the way. It doesn't hurt to have Tom Brady, obviously. But Leonard never learned how to be a pro in Jacksonville. And that's happening in Tampa. So he's around that for at least one more year. And then I think he's got the potential to perhaps hang around for another two or three seasons in the National Football League. If Leonard Fournette would have left the Bucks for, let's say, I don't know, pick a team. A team without that type of support system and quarterback in play, Leonard Fournette might be out of the league by the middle of this next season. I still believe that with Leonard Fournette. Get through this season, have another solid year, stack a season on top of a season, drive up your value. Maybe somebody then at that point is willing to put multiple years and more of a bonus up front into you. I think it's a good move for Leonard Fournette. Definitely not a bad one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We talked about John Ledyard's mock draft, and I'm going to run some of these by you guys, including Jacob Harrison, uh, Zach Wilson. By the way, big day for Zach out in Utah Pro Day. The BYU quarterback apparently measured 6'2", 214. So the NFL peeps they'll like those numbers for Zach Wilson, especially when you. Combine the athleticism, the off-platform ability, some of those Patrick Mahomes attributes. Zach Wilson in front of NFL folks uh, this morning. But uh, John here in his 2.0 mock, he has the first Alabama player off the board. Who do you think it is, Jacob? If, if You may have already seen this. First Alabama player off the board for John Ledyard, Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell. We were talking about the difficulty of identifying a former Alabama player with the Detroit Lions yesterday on the program. Well, John has Jalen Waddell going to the Detroit Lions, number seven overall. And then right behind that, he has Patrick Sertan Jr. going to the Philadelphia Eagles. As a part of a trade, he has the Panthers trading from eight to three where they would take – excuse me. He has the Panthers – I'm trying to figure out what he did. He has the Panthers going up to six with Philadelphia where the Panthers would take Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. And then in the eighth spot, uh, Philadelphia would take Patrick Sertan Jr. So a lot of Devontae Smith talk with Philadelphia maybe in the past, but he has a defensive player in certain going there. He also has the New England Patriots trading up to 10 from 15 to take Mac Jones. That's a popular sentiment, no doubt. Uh, Devontae Smith, kind of a good news, bad news situation. If it plays out this way for Devontae, because John has Devontae falling to 16 in the middle of the first round, but, he has a trade involving the Dolphins and the Cardinals that would have uh, Miami dropping down uh, or moving up to 16 from 18 with that second first-round pick to take Devontae Smith. So the good news there, you get uh, a reunion with Devontae and Tua tonga We expect, anyway, Tua to still be the quarterback in Miami. 24th overall. Jacob Harrison will like this one. Najee Harris – to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know how much sense that makes for the Steelers, but um, yeah, that would be uh, that would be kind of a make good for the Le'Veon Bell situation from a few years back. Perhaps if you get Najee up there and uh, black and black and yellow, black and gold, black and yellow, yeah, with Najee Harris, Christian Barmore, number twenty eight overall for John Ledyard to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, And that pretty much is a wrap for your Alabama first-rounders Where John Ledger's 2.0 draft for the mock is concerned. We're going to step aside for a first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter will join us on a Friday. We'll talk Alabama basketball. We'll talk Alabama football. Maybe even some Atlanta Braves baseball. Charlie likes his Braves. What in the heck is his Orlando Magic doing? Or is Magic tanking here with these last few days? I think it's uh, looking that way. Why is Charlie... About that and a whole lot more when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right after this.
1: This is Crimson Tide today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Thursday baseball game between number 23 Alabama and number one Ole Miss has been moved to Friday as part of a doubleheader at Sewell Thomas Stadium. The two teams are scheduled for a 2 p.m. Central first pitch in game one on Friday, with game two of the day to start approximately 45 minutes after the final. Final out of Game 1, but no earlier than 6 p.m. Both games of the doubleheader will be 9 innings. Saturday's 1 p.m. first pitch for the series finale will remain as scheduled. Tickets for Thursday's game will be honored for both games on Friday. Seat priority will be given to Thursday's game ticket for the 2 p.m. matchup. Game 2 of the day will recognize Friday's ticket. Students who received a Friday ticket will be able to attend both games. I'll have more in a moment.
0: Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Join us Friday afternoon for Crimson Drive presented by Regions Bank on the CTSN Facebook page. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central, we'll have conversations with Crimson Tide basketball players Jaden Shackelford and Keon Ellis. Plus, our Chris Stewart and gymnastics coach Dana Duckworth. That's Crimson Drive, presented by Regions Bank. Coming up this Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central on the CTSN Facebook page. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sport. Tide
0: 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today 77. For tonight increasingly cloudy with a low at 62. Tomorrow mostly cloudy and warm. A chance of showers during the day may a thunderstorm in spots. The high at 82. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at tide100.9.com or down Download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide!
2: Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, home of Peter Cottontail. Well, just kidding. But if you were to outsource, trust me, kids, Peter Cottontail would enlist the services of Peter Brook. No doubt about that. It's that time on Friday when we like to head to the phone lines, check in with our good friend Charlie Potter of Bama Online dot com and Charlie's I bring you on here. I know you're an Orlando Magic team. I mean what's going on with your club here,
3: you know? It's a fire sale Travis. Uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cade Cunningham watch is on. Hey,
3: I Orlando. hope so, man. I hope so. Um okay. hell with all these first round draft picks, you, you, you can get a couple of Cade Cunningham's hopefully next year. But I mean I get it. Um you know it's a team that's it's not going anywhere. So you know, you, you get rid of the this three big contracts from you know the old regime. Yeah. You go out and get some assets, you get some, some draft capital and you try to build around around guys like Jonathan Isaac and um uh, Markel Fultz, both of both of which are, are on the bench right now with injuries. So um you know, the the future it's always like you're looking toward, you know, the next several years, but um I do like to see, like, that's my favorite thing about professional sports is the offseason, the trades, the, the free agency, the, the draft, just to see how teams change. And, you know, as a, a fan of a team that is right there on the fringe of making the playoffs each and every year, you're usually experiencing this uh, more often than not. So I guess for someone that enjoys that, um, can't help but, but be kind of excited.
2: Are you officially fired up about the Atlanta Braves getting cranked up here pretty soon? You like this lineup? You got to like this lineup,
1: don't you?
3: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the the pitching staff looks good. Um, You know, getting back Ozuna, that's that's big. Uh, So, yeah, baseball season is going to be exciting. And, um, you know, (laughs) you go from a – those are my two favorite teams. I don't have a favorite NFL team. I just I just watch the, all the games on Sunday and obviously keep up with the former Alabama players. But I'm glad that one of my teams has been consistently good of late. Otherwise, I would just be in a miserable state of mind.
2: That Ronald Acuna Jr. contract, man, every offseason it just looks better and better, doesn't it?
3: It does, yeah. Um, you know, especially you, you see all of this just, ridiculous contracts that go out there in baseball and to to see that, to see the just the, the star power that he has, the potential still, even as one of the best young players in baseball. Um, yeah, you can go to bed easy, uh, seeing those numbers and knowing that he's there for the long haul for a good price.
2: Yeah. The guy is essentially gonna be with the Braves throughout his twenties for twelve and a half million a year. That's such a bargain, you know, when you got guys getting twice that now. You know, that are his same age and uh, kind of project as he does in terms of the next seven, eight, ten years. So, yeah, we're on Braves' watch. We're ready for it. Max Reed going to be your opening day starter. Hopefully Soroka is good to go, ready to go. And uh, we'll see what this team can do. Uh, Charlie, Alabama men's basketball, UCLA on Sunday evening. I talked about it earlier in the show. I guess it's just because of the, how the schedule sits and also that the teams are – pretty much just in one spot uh, this time around. It it may just be me, but it seems like almost a month between the 32 and the round of 16 getting underway, especially, I guess, if you're playing in those Sunday games like Alabama.
3: Yeah, it, it does seem like a, a long time in between games, and you know that's, that's from us. I can't imagine what it's like for mm-hmm. Natos and the players when they're there in Indianapolis and, and not really able to leave their hotel rooms. It's been good to see them get out, though, this week. Um, looks like the, the NCAA's done some stuff for the, the final 16 teams and, you know, they've been able to go to the zoo. They're in Indianapolis. They've gone to Top Golf. Uh, looks like they're, they're having some fun and getting their minds off basketball. And, you are just with a week to prepare, I mean, NATO's mentioned it, um, you know, just before the tournament started, you don't really want to screw things up. So, um, to get away for a little bit, to, to not be cooped up in the hotel and, and playing spades and video games, I think it's been good for Alabama. But yeah, it's, it has seemed like it's been just weeks in between matchups, but uh, I know they're pretty excited to get this one tipped off.
2: So what are the expectations? What is the uh, sort of the, the, the drop-dead line of demarcation at this point um, to consider this a successful postseason? We know what the regular season was. We know they've already won the SEC tournament. Have they already met that in just getting to the sixteen, Or the fact that – they played lower seeds in both those games. Do they still have something to prove in terms of the legitimacy, I guess, of this tournament run with even an 11 coming up? And uh, potentially at some point, you know, you're going to run into uh, elite type team in either Michigan or, or Florida State.
3: Yeah, I think for, yeah. well, first of all, Winning the SEC regular season title and then the tournament uh, championship, I think, were just huge accomplishments, especially for a team that was picked, I think, fifth in the preseason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, especially after you know what we talked about there at the end of the the year in early January before they got on the run. Yeah, um, I, I think for this though to be a season that people just look back on um, and. Really enjoy. I think they need one more win. I think getting that to get into the Elite Eight, matching the program best mark in the SCC or the NCAA tournament, that would really solidify this season. And it's going to be tough against this UCLA team. Um, you know, there's some familiarity between the programs. They're going to be back in the Hinkle Fieldhouse, or Hinkle Fieldhouse, um, you know, place where they played the beginning of the tournament. and Didn't shoot that well, but I think that familiarity, both with the venue and then uh, Mick Cronin, the head coach of the Bruins, and some of the players. Um, will help, but getting to the lead eight, I think, being that uh, among the final eight teams in the tournament for a team that was, you know, there for a while, consistently ranked among the top ten, I think that would be just uh, uh, a mark of a very successful season. I don't think really anybody's going to complain, but I think you know at this point, going against an eleven seed, like you pointed out, um, there would be some disappointment if Alabama weren't able to win on Sunday and advance to that lead eight.
2: Alabama football, amazingly, one of the very few years that I can recall overshadowed by the basketball team's run of success. But they're back at it. First spring practices over there off Bryant Drive since 2019. Um, We talked about this last week. I guess availability of certain players would certainly be a storyline. That has proven to be the case. The quarterback situation – with Bryce Young expected to be first up in terms of the potential successors to Mac Jones. Um, Has it kind of gone to form to this point? Obviously, we're limited to a pretty good bit in what we can glean. Uh, But from what you can gather and what we've been able to gather there at BamaOnline.com, is this this, uh, a case of no news being good news, too, from an injury perspective to this point?
3: Yeah, I mean, you do have guys that, um, you know, Nick Saban after that first day pointed out were um, dealing with injuries and either not doing much or, you know, limited, and, and that included uh, Emil Ekior and John Mechie, two of the three returning starters from from last year's offense, and then um, guys like Phil Mathis and Malachi Moore and, and Pierce Quick. He also you know, said uh, earlier this week that there are a few tight ends that are banged up, uh, Major Tennyson, um, Dealing with an injury, uh, the the both of the newcomers and Robbie Oots and Caden Clark are are also uh, a little hampered. But other than that, I mean, it's it's given some guys opportunities. Um, you know, on the offensive line, I think some young guys are getting some run, and um, I, I think the question on everybody's mind is just the quarterback spot. And it sounds like Bryce Young has has been taking majority of the first team reps. And um, you know Nick Saban said he's a little bit of of the the other guys, and that's to be expected. I mean, you look at last year, and Bryce Young was the only quarterback not named Mac Jones to take a snap in a game for Alabama. So um, I, I think outside of what we know, um, it doesn't sound there's been any just significant injuries, which is good. And um, yeah, I, I think just in terms of how things are playing out or how they're going about things early on in spring practice, it's been kind of business as usual and what we have come to expect.
2: As far as potential combinations at wide receiver, because Mechie is limited or out altogether this spring, and uh, you also look at the offensive line with Emil limited or out for the spring uh, at one of the guard positions, and knowing that you had a couple of other jobs that you expected competition for uh, throughout March and April, uh, are you pretty much – are you pretty much not going to be surprised by anything by the time a rolls around, and we see maybe how some things are shaking out with the with the first group on the offensive side of the ball?
3: No, yeah, I, I expect things to, to change over the course of the spring. I mean, right now, um, yeah, I think Chris Owens has been at center, which that shouldn't come as a shock, uh, considering Landon Dickerson moved on, and and Owens is the the most experienced offensive lineman on the on the team. I think. Evan Neal, as, as most people would expect, has played some left tackle, uh, kicked out from right tackle to left, and that's a move that a lot of people I think uh, had in mind with uh, Alex Leatherwood moving on to the NFL. And you know, Millie Ecuadors out, but he's going to be a starter when he gets back. And you know, see some some guys like Tommy Brown and Jv and Cohen. I think, at guard to start things out. And then you know, the right tackle spot for me I think would be the most intriguing because they have some options. I think uh, Damian George has been there. Kendall Randolph's played there and tight end. And then you have the the young guys, the the five stars that came in, J.C. Latham and, and Tommy Brockermeyer. I think those are going to be names to watch as the spring progresses because they've had three practices so far. Today, later this afternoon, will be their first pull pad practice at the college level, so they have some some adjusting to do, and they have time to you know to make moves and to impress. So the offensive line, to me, I think, is the most fascinating to see how it plays out. And at wide receiver, there's opportunities for guys because John Mechie is out; he's going to be the team's number one. So guys like Slade Bolden, you know, are, are leading that group. Uh, you have uh, Javon Baker and, and TreShaun Holden and Xavier Williams. I think getting some run with the one. So receiver is just for them, it's, it's opportunity. It's chances to prove that they you know, deserve reps this fall. And, you know, when it comes to, to A Day, they can really, you know, turn some heads. We've seen guys do that in the past. So, you know, offensive line, wide receiver uh, is going to be really interesting to, to track this spring and, and how things progress. But I wouldn't be surprised to see what is going on now be completely different come April 17th.
2: Had a pro day at UA on Tuesday and anticipating another workout. This next Tuesday, um, what was your impression for how that went for the Alabama guys that you know actually took part understanding they were pretty much all there? We know that Najee Harris made the long drive from Dallas after his flight was canceled just to essentially support his teammates. I guess Landon Dickerson was able to snap the football to Mac Jones during throwing drills. Um, stock report. Is probably overused when it comes to to draft status, but um, it, it didn't. I guess it didn't sound like any of these guys hurt themselves in that workout Tuesday.
3: No, I don't think so. And for Mac, um, you know, you, you mentioned guys out. I mean, he wasn't throwing to Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle. He had um, you know two tight ends, a, a former linebacker that was working out at tight end, and Josh McMillan and underclassmen at wide receiver. He was throwing to, so I think they had to kind of tweak their pro day plan but still think he had a successful day um you know with, with mac what he was able to do last season and then really what he was able to accomplish during his practice is that senior bowl you know these pro days are all about maintaining that uh, draft position because he is a guy that i think has worked himself in the conversation to be you know a top five quarterback maybe the number four quarterback behind guys like trevor lawrence and justin fields and zach wilson um, so right now it's about him maintaining it. I don't think he really hurt himself because he went out there and showed he's willing to compete and he's going to throw another, you know, 60 or so passes next week. So, you know, he's the guy that's, that's willing to throw whenever and, uh, however, I guess, when it comes to performing in front of NFL scouts. And then really, I think that the big winner, um, and that's saying a lot, considering he's the guy that many project to be a, a top 10, top 15 pick already was Patrick Sertan, just because he tested so well. Um, yeah, we heard from Daniel Jeremiah after the uh, the workout, the NFL Network analyst. He was on a Zoom call with reporters to kind of recap what he saw during their telecast, and you know he likened his measurables to a Jalen Ramsey. I know you, as a Jags fan, know what kind of player Ramsey is. And uh, to be a big corner and to move like Pat did in that workout and during the forty, I think really you know raised some eyebrows in a in a good way. And you know he might have solidified himself as the number one corner in this draft. So. Um, I don't think anybody really hurt themselves. You know, some testing numbers. I think Alex Leatherwood was pretty impressive from an athletic standpoint. But, you know, it's a it was another day where there's just a small army of NFL personnel in Tuscaloosa, and I I think they liked what they saw for the most part.
2: Well, Charlie, we always like having you here with us on Fridays on Southern Fried Sports, and always great stuff with you. Always great stuff, of course, right there at BamaOnline.com as well. Charlie, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again next week.
3: All right, man. Thanks for having me.
2: There he goes, Charlie Potter. We touched on a little bit of everything there with Charlie, the Orlando Magic, the Atlanta Braves. We didn't ask Charlie his favorite Girl Scout cookie though. Man. slipping. What? Slipping. Yeah. Well, I mean, where's my producer help? You yeah. know. How about a little cue? How about a little cue? Yeah, that's what I- what i thought smart guy all right we're gonna step aside for a break we come back more of a friday edition of southern fried sports right here on tide 100.9 fm right after this
1: this is james luneman for town square media i'm currently hanging out at 2427 lorleen wallace boulevard in northport and we are asking you to bring some supplies to mayor bobby herndon's office herndon hicks and associates And just bring some supplies up here for the victims of the tornado and severe weather over the last week. We're hanging out here. If you want to bring your supplies, come on out. 2427 Lurleen Wallace Boulevard in Northport. And we will be out here until 2 p.m. today. So bring your supplies and help your neighbors in need.
2: of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Reier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Charlie Potter joining us here on the program. Charlie talking about those big corners, man. Can't get enough of those six-foot-plus corners, whether it's the SEC, the NFL. You look at some of the corners Alabama's going to see in the 2021 season and that's pretty much what it is if you look at the top corners alabama will face next year or this season i guess it is now coming up eli ricks of lsu he's one of those big corners of course on the other side you're going to have Derek stingley coming off a forgettable sophomore season not a lot of people saw that coming after that freshman campaign for Derrick Stingley Jr. I'll tell you who's happy to see Devontae Smith go to the NFL. That's Derek Stingley. Now, Devontae had 444 receiving yards and five touchdowns in his last two games against LSU. And number 24 for LSU was on the receiving end of uh, more than a couple of those. Derek Stingley ought to have a parade on draft day for Devontae Smith. But Stingley's one of those bigger corners. Al Blades Jr. Of course, you remember Al Blades Jr.'s late father, Al Blades, former University of Miami star in his own right. Al Blades Jr. is another one of these big corners that Alabama will see this time in the season opener over in Atlanta. In fact, as we've talked about before on the show, You've got a Georgia transfer in Tyreek Stevenson that Alabama saw here in Tuscaloosa last season that might very well be on the other side from Al Blades Jr. So some solid corners for Miami. Now Blades is coming back from myocarditis. He was diagnosed with that during the season last fall and actually missed the final three games. So he's trying to get back on the field. Kyrie Elam. Of Florida, another one of those bigger corners. Emmanuel Forbes on this list I have, probably the smallest of the top corners Alabama will see, and he's still six foot. So no sub six foot corners when you look at top five-ish guys at that position for next season where the Alabama Crimson Tide is concerned. Going to step aside to our final break and we come back. It's Pops on a Friday. What is he up to? wonder if he already got the yard cut down there. That Friday double cut he likes to execute over there on the west side. We'll check in with Pops when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Gear up. Ah. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partly to
0: mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 77. For tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 62. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and warm. A chance of showers during the day may a thunderstorm in spots. The high at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports right here on side 100.9 FM. It's that time on Fridays. We go to the Peter with Chocolateer Studio Line and we check in with Pops. Hey Pops. You uh you like Aerosmith pretty good. I mean you're more of a Stones guy. Yeah. But uh Steven Tyler yes. he's kinda he's kind of Mick-esque as a front man, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Kinda. And uh, <laughs> he he turned your age today. He's seventy three today, Stephen Tyler. Can you believe that, pops?
4: I, I I know, and you have to give him credit. I mean, he, man, he. But I, I, for some reason, they never excited me that much. I, I don't know why. But I, well, I, you had
2: the Rolling Stones. You didn't need Aerosmith. It, well, that, exactly.
4: That, you know, I but man, I do but... Uh, You know, he, he accomplished a lot. Uh, but he 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 is he is like Mick, kind of hard to look at. But but, uh,
2: <laughs> but he thinks he is not He doesn't oh, no, think he's hard he's to look rock, at.
4: A, rock solid man. I mean, what's yeah. you talking about? And who and yeah. and, and so am I to say who is or isn't looking one way or the other?
2: Oh, pops! You if you jumped up there today at the same age as Steven Tyler, you would look just <laughs> like him up there on stage, pops. What? You know, sashaying around that stage and those tight jeans and everything else. You would look just like Mick and uh, Steven Tyler at 73 right now, I'm sure
4: they'd all be excited.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know what the rest of us would be. We'd have our phones out. I know that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, buddy.
2: So, Pops, uh, the SEC in the men's basketball tournament, has the league been a disappointment
4: in your opinion? No, not, not to me, uh... Uh, I, I'm 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 excited for Alabama. Uh, I know Gonzaga is probably the team, but uh, if, if Alabama could drum up another game like they did against Florida a few weeks back, when Florida came down to Alabama to play them, or, or, or that game against LSU, uh, that last game against LSU was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. You get another game like that. And, and Petty hit, you know, three or four threes. That's all. Just, just three or four. Not even that bit, that a ton. I believe. Yeah. I believe they could play with Gonzaga, but uh, at Kentucky. I'm. I I, 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 it's hard to jump on Kentucky's bandwagon because their players don't stay there, but a, a year or two.
2: Yeah, you don't know who they are.
4: You know, you just don't know. So. Uh, but LSU excited me. I like the Thomas Kidd and the whatnot or whatever his name is.
2: Watford, not whatnot. Wadford. Yeah, Wadford.
4: I, can't, I can't never pronounce what whatnot. I not <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really enjoyed watching them play. And uh, mm-hmm. my team is, is, is never, never could get going. Uh, They're getting know, after your boy Mike
2: White down there. Now your boy Noah Locke's transferring out pops. Well,
4: I I didn't know that. I hadn't heard that.
2: Well, it'll be in your paper Sunday, but I'm going to yeah, go ahead and break the news <laughs> to you. Noah Locke <laughs> is leaving, Pops. He's leaving the Gators. Yeah. Well,
4: I'll be, that, 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 and man, you know, he said he's going to the NBA.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you're going to have to hit that portal pretty hard, probably, Pops. And, transfer portal.
4: See, that's the thing. I, I was so excited when the Castleton when they picked up Castleton, he's gonna be playing, and because they hadn't had an inside presence in years, mhm, and uh Castleton I know he he wound up what second team s e c or whatever
2: got off to a hot start of the year for yeah, sure he did.
4: Yeah. but he he just he fizzled you know
2: yeah,
4: and i but I'm not complaining, I'm glad he's there, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's there.
2: Castleton and Scotty Lewis right now are about all you got coming back.
4: Yeah, well, Lewis hadn't played Been yet. Been a disappointment. You know? Yeah. And he was a five-star recruit. Jeez. And that's why they're getting after Mike White. Mm-hmm. I know. Mean, Mike White's assistant just took the J.U. job.
2: I think uh, I saw that, yeah. Nancy. what? Our I, Jacksonville I University Dolphins. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But uh, – hmm. But I, but I've enjoyed the fact that all these other teams, uh, you know, Auburn was up and down, and and I thought they would get get going. They never, you know, through to what got hurt there at the end of the year or whatever. But uh, it it's you know, and it, somebody beside Kentucky, <laughs> I've enjoyed that part of it.
2: I guess the the men's side in the tournament for the SEC has been. Okay, Tennessee going out in the first round wasn't a good look. No, but from but there it's been about what teams. you'd expect. Yeah, you know
4: they, you, couldn't, they,
2: you but, couldn't trust Tennessee at all this this entire season.
4: But but what kills me, Travis, is every everybody talks about. Well, it's a difficult year, the pandemic, and this. Well, guess what? Every team had to deal mm-hmm. with injuries, yeah. and pandemic. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's what I appreciate about Alabama. I mean, they play exciting basketball, Mm -hmm. start to finish. I mean, really, if you want to go and enjoy uh, watching a a college basketball game, because they turn it up from the get go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I really enjoyed that.
2: You got one of those uh, Kentucky exiles that Alabama's going to face Sunday night, and Johnny Juzang, a guard. That transferred yeah. from Kentucky yeah. to UCLA, he's a good player. So
4: and you know the, UCLA must have a pretty good team. And
2: they've Southern been good Cal, here,
4: yeah. Southern Cal too, Travis.
2: Yeah, I mean the Pac-12 in general. Yeah, as we've said before, the Pac-12 has been what the Big Ten was supposed to be yeah. in this tournament. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. So and then on the women's side, the SEC has been the equivalent of what the Big Ten has been on the men's side. It's been a disappointing mm-hmm. deal on the women's side. I mean, Alabama held up its end of the deal. It won a first-round game before falling to a really good Maryland team in the second yeah. round. But teams I mean, like Arkansas Maryland, went God. out early. Tennessee didn't make it to the 16. Georgia mm-hmm. didn't make it to the 16. You know, it's pretty Carolina. much what it is. South Carolina, Texas a and M's lucky to still be there. I mean, they yeah. had they, – they, they lost the Troy game for all yeah. intents and purposes. And then – had to play their butts off right. to get to overtime and beat Iowa state in round two. But, um, Hey pops, we're talking Girl Scout cookies here on the show today. Do you have a personal favorite when Girl it comes Scout. to the Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. <laughs>
4: it's funny. We're talking Girl Scout.
2: We're talking Girl Scout cookies.
4: Uh, so, I mean, well,
2: everybody I, loves Girl Scout cookies.
4: Uh, I, 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 you know, I like them all. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the mint, the mint, uh... Ten mint. Ten mint. I'm a sucker for those. Uh, now, 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 the reason I, I, I said that about Girl Scouts, uh, front page of our newspaper today, it's got a girl in a Boy Scout uniform. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, girls can join the Boy Scouts now. Right. And talking about, uh, she was an Eagle Scout, uh... uh yeah, evil scouts and mm-hmm. that. Net. all the yeah. what, what kills me about that, Travis, is all the, the 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 BS that goes on about uh, these scout masters and the and the the, the troops. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. All, all that crazy crap that goes on and has been going on for years and years and years. Now uh-huh. they've got girls in these situations. I can't believe it. You had two
2: daughters play football.
4: What are you talking about? Well, no, 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 no. I I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But all I'm saying is there's going to be trouble. I mean, if if boys have problems. There there could be if they were Girl Scouts too, though, Pops. Well, if they were in the Girl Scouts. There's bad people everywhere. I know they are. But I don't understand why a parent would have their daughter And
2: Boy Scout. What you're saying is if there had been girls football, you think your granddaughters would have played girls football. Yeah.
4: yeah. No, I, I didn't think I'm not play. even talking football. Savannah. I know. You know.
2: But you're talking about females in a male yeah. dominated and, and, and environment. Savannah,
4: <laughs> Savannah exactly. could have whooped ninety five percent of the guys on her football team, so it wasn't a problem. And yeah. None. What the? And there is down, a problem. Savannah would yeah. have handled it. But, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. I know what you're no saying problem, but The only way I know to describe or explain all that is 2021. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, that's the only answer I got. But yeah,
4: and I, when I saw that in the paper day, I said, "Do what? <laughs> Gee, got her new Gee, on all that stuff." Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh Lord.
2: Oh, Pops. It'll be okay, Pops. You'll be all right. All right, my man. Have a good
4: weekend. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. There he goes, Pops. Pops
2: is a little little flustered on a Friday morning. They don't make them like that anymore, do they? That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks, to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. The launch whistle on this Friday southern alehouse 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hill section of tuscaloosa Boy, a great option whether it's lunch whether it's dinner whether it's brunch on the weekend and be sure to check out the specials board not just for the great burgers and plate dinners that they have on that board but the side of the day you're going to want to see as well always freshly made always by scratch from scratch At S-A-H. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.